It's always good idea to have a sleepover With night owlers, sleepovers The good, the bad and everything in between We got it all covered We have ten weekly episodes The one and only night owlers And welcome to our podcast, Up All Night with Night Owl Sleepovers, where we will discuss all things sleepover. I'm Paige. And I'm Claire. Last week, we discussed things to do at a sleepover. This week, we will be discussing how to know if your child is ready for a sleepover. Yes, as parents, we know every child is different. We understand our children's quirky ways and what they are and aren't able to do independently. As parents, we know our children best. We really do. At this moment in time, Maisie's nowhere near ready for a sleepover at a friend's house. She is six years old, yet Olivia was confidently attending and having sleepovers by six years old. They are different children. Olivia is confident to stay out, whereas Maisie likes the fun but doesn't like the sleep. And I would be really worried that she wouldn't sleep when everyone else wanted to. I know I would get that phone call to go and collect her. I don't mind so much with grandparents and you because you know her so well and you know that when she wants to come home, it's not anything you've done. She just wants to come back to her comfort zone. That's it. I would be more offended if it was just me she didn't do. (laughs) But I know it's just her way of saying, I want my own bed. Bless her. This week, we have created a quiz to help you decide if your child is ready for a sleepover. These are key points that we think are important to think about before putting yourself, your child or the host in a difficult situation. There is no right or wrong answer, so we will ask the questions and then give a list of possible answers. So my first question is, can your child go to the toilet independently? Yes, totally independently. Occasionally has an accident, frequently has an accident or totally dependent on an adult. This was one of the problems the first time Olivia was invited to stay at her friend's house. She was five years old and totally independent in the daytime, but when she needed the toilet through the night, she would just sit up in bed crying like she wasn't really awake. She was still fast asleep and would squirm sitting upright crying, so I used to have to pick her up out of bed and carry her to the toilet because she was still asleep. I had to do everything for her and both myself and my daughter's friend's mum agreed it just wasn't the right time for her to have a sleepover. Plus, it would have been quite personal for someone else to have to do that for her because she would stand there whilst I had to do everything. She just wasn't aware what was happening, only that she needed the toilet. Yeah, I remember when she used to do that. She was a bit younger than Maisie, wasn't she? Bless her. See, Maisie wakes up for the toilet, but she just shouts us. She doesn't cry anymore. It's getting Maisie to go back to sleep once she's woke up for the toilet. That's our problem. So until she's able to go back to bed and sleep by herself, we will have to stick to the online sleepovers. Yes, Maisie isn't the greatest fan of sleep, is she? She can outdo us all when it comes to tiredness. Between her and Olivia, we don't have a chance. (laughs) The next question is, is your child confident when separated from parents? Yes totally confident, may initially worry but can overcome this with distraction, 
may cry and become upset or will not settle and has separation anxiety. See, Maisie is fine at school. She doesn't bat an eyelid. Freddie absolutely loves sleep and although he hasn't slept out for a long time, I don't think he would be phased as long as he's got his snuggly. Oh, he really won't go to bed without that snuggly, will he? Bless him. <laughs> yeah, see, mine are fine. They love to sleep at Nanny and Grandad's house. But for our four, it's like home from home. They don't see it as Nanny and Grandad's house. It's just another home. Olivia would be absolutely fine as she's stayed out before. But with Grant, I'm not sure as he's never stayed anywhere yet without it being someone he really knows. So I suppose maybe an idea is a sort of trial run to let them go to their friends for a late night and pick them up about nine and see how they get on without you there. They will get there in their own time. Does it really matter if they're old for their first sleepover? As long as they are comfortable, that's all that matters. And of course, as long as you are comfortable too. Our next question is, how well can your child communicate their needs? Extremely capable, is capable to communicate most needs, struggles to be understood or communicate, or non-verbal. Yes, as we have mentioned before, communication is key, not just with adults, but children too. If your child can't talk, but he's trying to tell the adult hosting the sleepover something, then that may be a worry, especially if it's something important. When hosting a sleepover, you need to be able to understand what the child is saying to you. This is so true. I worry about this with Freddie when he's at nursery, as he's only like three. I now understand pretty much most things that Freddie wants. This is so true. I worry about this with Freddie, as he's only three, like when he's at nursery. I understand pretty much most things Freddie wants now. And if I don't, he will keep telling me until I do, as it is frustrating for him and it is for me. I know you was the same with Grant, as he was a late talker. When you're with them a lot, you know exactly what they want but someone else may struggle to understand them. That's it. And to be honest, there are times, even now, when I get asked, what's he saying? From friends who don't see us very often. And he's five. Freddie's speech is clearer now than Grant's speech was just six months ago. The next question is, does your child wake up in the night crying about bad dreams or just generally crying? Never cries, occasionally cries. Cries most nights, cries every night. Oh, this must be so horrible. On the odd occasion that mine have bad dreams, we always have mummy or daddy hugs to make them feel better. But for a child that doesn't know you that well, it could be quite scary. Yeah, it really would be, especially if it's a regular thing. Imagine waking up scared but in a strange house and not your usual comforter with you. It must be a horrible feeling. Absolutely. But you know, some children don't need to have nightmares to wake up crying. Olivia went through a stage where she would just wake up crying and there was nothing wrong. She would just wake up crying and nothing would calm her down. It was just one of them things that she just grew out of. And if Nanny couldn't stop the cry, we had no hope. <laughs> Next question is, is your child aware of their own allergies if they have any? Yes, I know their own allergies and what they are. They know they have allergies, but don't know what they are. They aren't sure if they have any allergies or they aren't aware of any allergies. This is a really important question as we know ourselves that if you have 10 children, it could be as easy as placing the wrong item in front of a child with an allergy. Definitely. It only takes that split second to hand that child 
a piece of food they're not allowed and you don't know how they're going to react. It could be so dangerous. Yes, but if the child is aware of the allergies that they have, then they can say, I'm not allowed to eat this or drink that. It would make the risk of your child having an allergic reaction lower, even though it is definitely the host's responsibility to check all allergies. However, by making your child aware, it can make you more relaxed about them staying out. You know what? That is such a good thing to teach them. I like that question. Even though my children haven't got any allergies, I think making them aware is a really good idea. Like Freddie, he has an inhaler and even as young as three, he knows he has to have it first thing in the morning and before he goes to bed. Hopefully with him knowing that routine, when the day comes, he will make sure he has it. So this next question is, does your child need to know what to expect at a sleepover? My child will go with the flow. My child needs some routine. My child needs to know exactly what they are doing step by step. My child would not cope without their own bedtime routine. Each child would need to understand that there isn't going to be a normal bedtime routine for them. Like, for example, if they have a bath and story every night before bed, that isn't going to happen at a sleepover. If knowing this wouldn't happen makes them anxious, then it is probably best to avoid allowing your child to attend a sleepover. Yes, routines are definitely hard to break for some children. Some children just love the fact they know what's coming next. And if they don't know, it can make it a very distressing experience for them. But if your child knows what to expect and they are happy not to be in a routine, then they could be quite possibly ready for the big S word. Sleepover. The next question is, is your child likely to listen to another adult and are they aware of appropriate and inappropriate behaviour? Completely aware and will listen to another adult. Has some awareness and will listen to an adult when prompted. Has some awareness and sometimes listens to an adult. Will not listen to another adult. This is another important question because if your child isn't likely to listen, then this can make a sleepover very difficult for both the child and the host. This could result in having to phone the parent in the middle of the night. If like mine, yours are always being reminded not to jump on the sofa. It could be a very bad outcome if one was to fall and I would not like to be the one that makes that phone call. <laughs> I would hope that if Maisie or Freddie wasn't listening, the parent would tell me so I could have a word with them. Yes, I would much rather be informed than told the news when I pick them up that they haven't listened because I know for one, I wouldn't be letting them stay out again until I knew I could trust them 100%. <laughs> I suppose this is why I love our sleepover experiences. Everyone is in their comfort zone. The children know their boundaries. I love them too, especially for Maisie, as she has her safe zone. I'm not waiting for that phone call and I can see exactly what she's up to. You still get that sleepover feel without the hassle of having all the children in one room. They're just all online chatting. It's amazing, if I do say so myself. At the beginning of our podcast, we said we would like to talk about if your child is ready for a sleepover. We hope that we have gave you some ideas to think about and see if your child is ready for their sleepover. Remember, if you're unsure, there is always the virtual approach. If you have any questions or comments from today's episode, feel free to follow us on Instagram at night underscore owler 
underscore sleepovers and drop us a message. We want to say a massive thank you to everyone who has supported our journey so far with our Night Owl Sleepovers and tuning in to our fourth episode of Up All Night with Night Owl Sleepovers. We really hope you have enjoyed our fourth episode. Don't forget to join us next week where we will be talking about sleepovers for children with special needs. Thank you all for joining us. Bye. It's always good idea to have a sleepover with night owler sleepovers. The good, the bad, and everything in between. We got it all covered. We have ten weekly episodes. The one and only night owler sleepovers.